I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. Hey ladies, today's episode is a recording from a recent Facebook Live that I had going on in my Facebook group that was part of my three-day Empowered Wife workshop. Um, In this live, I talk about this idea of being an empowered wife. I talk about why this matters for our marriage and for our family. Um, A big part of what I believe and encourage through my coaching is this idea that for all of us, whether as moms or wives or entrepreneurs or even just as believers, I believe that for all of us, it's the being meaning who we are, who we are becoming, it's the being that is far more important than our doing. So anytime I'm talking with women, my goal really isn't to give out a million things to put on their to-do list, but really it's to give them the most transformative, powerful mindset shifts that they might need in order to actually become who God has created them to be. Now, this is a big part of what I do. It's something I truly am so passionate about. So that comes out in today's Facebook Live that you're about to hear. But really, the big focus of this live in particular, um, now remember, this was just the first out of three different videos. This was a three-day workshop. The first video, the one that you're about to listen to, is all about being empowered for connection, meaning how to be a wife who is able to confidently and even creatively use her authority in her marriage to cultivate true connection with her husband. You'll be hearing a lot about my own journey as a wife. You'll hear why I love talking about this specific topic. Um, And what I most hope you take away from this episode is this belief that you do have a say in the trajectory of your marriage. You do have a say in how you connect with your husband, how you respond to your husband, how you prioritize intimacy even, even during a time when you maybe don't want that connection or that intimacy. Um, Speaking of intimacy, this recording is just from the first day of the workshop and the second day was actually all about intimacy and what it means to be more empowered for pleasure in your marriage. So if you are not already in my Facebook community and you wanna watch the rest of these workshop videos they are still up in the Facebook group and you are more than welcome to join by either clicking the link in today's show notes or you can just search for soul care for the new mom in your Facebook app all right I'm so excited for you to get to listen to this without further ado let's dive in all right ladies it is happening it is time to kick off the empowered wife workshop series that I am so excited about This may be the workshop that I am most excited about out of all the workshops that I've done in the past. This one, I think, takes the cake. Hey, Rachel, I'm so glad you joined in. Hey, Edith, man, you guys are prompt. I've literally been going for less than a minute. Already got people hopping on in. I'm so excited. Um, Okay, we're gonna have a lot of things to cover. Thankfully, I've broken down each thing into three different days. So today we're talking about being empowered for connection in our marriage, meaning emotional connection, physical connection, maybe even spiritual connection. Hey, Lindsay, I'm so glad you're here. Um, Tomorrow, we'll be talking about being empowered for pleasure. And when I say pleasure, I do mean sexual pleasure. We're going to go into all of that because where else can you have those conversations besides here in Soul Care for the New Mom where I'm willing to go there. And we're going to be really talking about what do you do when you don't have the drive 
when you don't have the desire, when you don't have the, the, even the, the pleasure that you once had in the bedroom, what do you do to continue to have a thriving sex life, especially when you are struggling with those things? And I'm going to be sharing a lot of my story, but I'm also going to be giving you tangible, practical things that you can be doing to increase the pleasure and also increase the desire for your husband and your marriage. And then on the third day, we will be talking about being empowered for purpose, meaning what does it look like to confidently pursue God's purpose for our marriages? What does it look like to really prioritize the things that matter most in our relationship, the values, the calling, the, 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 the things that God is, you know, stirring in us as families, as, you know, a couple, as husband and wife, we're going to be diving into all of that as well. But like I said, today is all about connection, building that solid, healthy level of connection that honestly, I think can easily suffer um, in this season of motherhood. I know that a lot of you ladies are very much like me, like you have littles. Um, my kids are three and one and a half. So we've been, you know, parents for just a few years, not a huge amount of time, but long enough to get into to this sort of rhythm where, you know, you, you become so accustomed to being a parent that sometimes, you know, it has to be extra, extra intentional to remember that you are also a spouse. And I know that for me and for so many of you guys, it can be easy to struggle to like figure out how to fulfill both roles and how to fulfill them well. And connection with our spouses can easily fall to the wayside. It can, it can suffer because of that, that tension that we experience. So we're going to be diving into all of that. But before we do, if you would just tell me in the comments um, what you're most looking forward to from this workshop, what you most are hoping to take away from it, because I just want to see what you guys are most looking for to see, you know, maybe you guys, um, maybe, maybe you'll notice that some of you are actually looking for the same things. So you can encourage one another, you can find community together. And I promise you that whatever we talk about in these sessions, you are not alone. If you're listening to me and there's a, something that I say that makes you think like, oh man, you know, I, you know, I'm struggling with this. I hear you, Jesse. I want what you're saying, but I, I just don't feel like I'm there yet. That's okay because you're not the only person who's thinking those things. I promise you, you are not alone. And that's why we're doing this workshop so that everyone can come together and really discover what it looks like to step out of this kind of this stuck mentality into really pursue solutions. Um, so Rachel just said that she's most looking forward to getting tips for connecting with hubby. Yes, we are going to be all about that today. Lindsay says, I'm hoping to be the best wife for my husband and my best self as a wife. I love that. And I'm going to give you a challenging thought that I really want you to chew on. And this isn't just for Lindsay. This is for everyone who's watching today. I think that one of the keys to being your best self as a wife is being an empowered wife. I really do believe that. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. What does it mean to be empowered? Before we talk about what it means to be empowered, I want to talk about what it means and what it looks like to not be empowered. Because I really want to paint a picture for you guys of, of where I was during a season of my life where I was not an empowered wife, where I was not being the wife God was calling me to be. Because I think that so many of you ladies might be there or you might resonate with certain parts of my story. And I want you to see that that's where I was in order for you to understand and to believe that it's possible to get to the next best thing, which is being a thriving, empowered, healthy wife. I want you to see that it's possible to make that shift, to experience that transformation. Shanna says, I'm looking forward to hearing how I can be confident with having sex 
products when it comes to overcoming disliking my body right now. And that's huge for a lot of us women, isn't it? Edith says, I want to be the best wife and more understanding as well to be able to talk without being rude to my husband. Yes. And girl, let me tell you, I was the queen of being rude. Actually, uh, my husband will probably tell you that there are a few days where I can still be quite rude. And I, ca I have to catch myself in those moments, you know, especially when it's like right at that time of the month where, you know, there's like those few days right before my period comes where I, I can kind of get into this different zone. I'm, a, I'm this, almost like this different person. But it is still possible to not just, you know, catch yourself in those moments, but to also like know how to stop yourself from getting to that point. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about what an empowered wife is not. And this again, this is coming from my own experience. This is from this is this is who I was just a few years ago. This is this is something that is so hard to talk about sometimes, but I think it's important that we do talk about it because a lot of you ladies are feeling alone in this and you don't have to be. So in a, a wife who is not empowered is a wife who is always fighting for control. A wife who is not empowered is a wife who is always fighting for control in very unhealthy ways that might look like um, nagging, that might look like controlling, that might look like um, creating rules and creating laws in your household that just don't make sense. It might look like neediness. Um, a wife who is not empowered is a wife who resorts to anger very quickly, who resorts to anger way more so than peace. And that was me, you guys. A wife who is not empowered, and empowered, you know, another word for that is confident. A wife who is not empowered and not confident is a wife who is quick to blame others, quick to point fingers. And girl, I was the queen of pointing fingers. If I was having a huge meltdown, I'm an emotional mess, got mascara running down my face, I'm, I'm feeling like the most worthless piece of scum on the earth, I didn't think it was my fault. I would say, you made me like this. You did that thing. Now look at me. I'm a mess. I need you to da 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 da. I was the queen of pointing fingers and playing the blame game. So if you're there right now, trust me, you're not alone. You're not alone. Um, a wife who is not empowered is a wife who is slow to take ownership, quick to blame others, and slow to take ownership of her actions, of her emotions, of the way that she lives her life, her, her decisions. A wife who is not empowered is a wife who is insecure when it comes to sharing her heart and also sharing her body with her husband and her marriage. A wife who is not empowered is is hesitant or afraid or or doesn't, you know, is does not allow herself to fully share her heart and her body with her spouse. A wife who is not empowered feels stuck the way that she is, feels powerless, feels like she doesn't have a say in what she does, and she also doesn't have a say in the trajectory of her marriage. She doesn't have a say in where her marriage is headed. She's just along for the ride, and it's all going downhill real fast. That's what not being an empowered wife might look like. So after I've said all that, show of hands with a little hand-raising emoji if you have been this wife. Have you been this wife? Um, or maybe are you currently this wife right now? Yeah. Yeah, I see Edith. She had a little hand raise. And that's okay, girl. You're not the only one. Because like I said, this was me. And it was really hard to look at myself in the mirror and to see these things. 
Lindsay has a little hand raise. Yeah. And it's okay. I, I want you to like sit for a minute and to, to remind yourself it's okay. Because just because you might be a certain kind of wife today doesn't mean that you will be that certain kind of wife tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. Whoever you are today is not the same as who you will be in the future. And I think that sometimes we have to really, we have to really grasp that. We have to really begin to let ourselves believe that. Rachel had another hand raise. Okay. So that is what a not empowered wife might look like. You know, controlling, um, plays the blame game, doesn't know how to take ownership, um, very quick to anger, very slow to apologize. Um, let me tell you, apologizing is something I've had to really learn over the years because I used to be the worst apologizer. I, I would, I would rather like play the play the silent game for two days straight than to apologize because there was a lot of pride. There was a lot of this, this just this desperation for control in me. And for some reason, I thought that if I apologized, it meant that I, I wasn't going to fix this thing. You know, I needed, I needed people to suffer before I apologized so that we would make sure that we wouldn't go through the same thing again. Again, that is not the action. Those are not the actions of an empowered, confident, healthy wife. Those are the actions of a wife who's afraid. Those are the actions of a wife who's not confident. Okay, so let's keep going forward. I see that a few more people are hopping in. I'm so glad you guys are here. We just covered what being an empowered wife is not. Now we're going to talk about what being an empowered wife is. An empowered wife is, in essence, the opposite of all of those things. But I think what's most important for you to realize is that the reason why an empowered wife is able to be the opposite is because an empowered wife has both the knowledge and the confidence to not just take her marriage by the reins and steer it back to where it's supposed to be, but she also knows how to do it in a place of love and healthiness and in confidence. And it comes from being able to really take her thoughts captive and replace those thoughts with what most produces peace. It come, um, empowered wife is a wife who has peace. An empowered wife is a wife who, who knows that she does have a say in her marriage. She does have a say in her actions. She does have a say in the words that she says to her husband, but it doesn't just come because she wants it to. It comes because there's this inner peace and this inner confidence inside of her that helps her stay grounded in truth when it's tempting to believe the lies, when she's able to stay grounded in love when it's tempting to become angry and to, and to lash out instead. Lindsay says, I shut down at the smallest comment. That's interesting. Kind of want to explore that a little bit more. We might get to that. Edith says, I don't like apologizing, especially if my husband doesn't apologize to me, but I am slowly learning to apologize. And that's okay. Sometimes it, it does take a minute to learn how to do these things that maybe weren't modeled very well for us growing up. Um, let's go back to being an empowered wife. Why does this matter? My business coach once said, I think she said this in one of her workshops. Um, she said, who you are being is far more important than what you are doing. And that it doesn't matter what you most need to do. What matters is what you, who you most need to become. I'm going to say that one more time. Who you are being is far more important than what you are doing. This isn't about what you most need to do, but about who you most need to become. And I want to encourage you guys with this today because 
I know that some of you have, have maybe tried to make your marriage healthier or stronger before. And maybe, maybe you, maybe you did okay for a little while, but then you fell right back into old patterns. You fell right back into old habits. And I want you to know today, if you've had that, or if you currently are in that right now, I want you to know today that's not because you need to do more things. It's because you need to become something else. You need to become more confident and become more empowered. It's not about what you need to do. It's about who you still have not yet become. And that's okay. An anxious, insecure wife who is trying to make her marriage healthier and stronger will end up spinning her wheels. She will end up trying to change her husband, trying to take control of every situation. And then in the end, she'll feel frustrated and helpless when things don't change. That's what an anxious and secure wife experiences. But a confident and an empowered wife who is trying to make her marriage healthier and stronger. Remember, it's the same goal, same goal, but it produces two different results depending on who you are. The anxious and secure wife spins her wheels, tries to control things, and then feels helpless because it doesn't work. A confident, empowered wife, she doesn't spin her wheels. She doesn't spin her wheels trying to change her husband. She doesn't spin her wheels trying to control the situation. She instead does what is in her power to grow and change herself. And she, and, and not just herself, but how she responds to her circumstances, how she responds to those situations. And this is way more productive and produces way more fruit. So my goal through all of these videos, through this three-day workshop, isn't to give you a million to-dos. Like, I'm not going to give you a ton of homework. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do these things. But really, I want to give you the most transformative, powerful mindset shifts that you might need in your marriage in order to become that empowered wife. Okay, I just saw that a few more ladies hopped in, so I'm so glad you guys are here. And we're just about to dive into our worksheet answer. So... When we're talking about being empowered for connection, I want us to start by looking at what your role really is in your marriage when it comes to the level of connection in your marriage. And we're going to talk about how your beliefs and your thoughts are what most influence that. So going back to the worksheets, I hope that you guys brought them. Um, one of the questions I asked was briefly describe one to two moments in which you've recently felt connected to your husband. And I also asked that if you're able to really think back to those moments, what were some of the thoughts that you might have had as you were feeling connected? And I, also, I gave some examples, some thoughts like, I love him. He's so good to me. He really knows me. He's there for me. He's my best friend. If you guys filled out the worksheet, or even if you didn't, but you're able to answer now, I want you to put your answers in the comments so that we can talk about this. I'll repeat the question one more time for, for those of you who were just hopping in or maybe missed that. I want you to write in the comments um, maybe even just one moment in which you've recently felt connected to your husband. You don't have to go into a huge amount of detail, but just maybe like, you know, just a, few, a couple words of what you guys were doing. Maybe it was when you were laying in bed. Maybe it was when you were on a car ride. You were maybe listening to music together. Maybe it was when you were cooking dinner or um, you were playing with the kids. You know, whatever it was where you recently felt connected to your husband. And I want you to think about the thoughts that you might have had as you were feeling connected. Um, Edith says, wow, I really love him and I care deeply. I love that. And I feel like for me, a lot of the time, my thoughts go back to, 
wow, you still make me laugh. Like that's a big one for me because, you know, one of the things that I first appreciated about my husband was his sense of humor. So anytime that he makes me laugh, anytime that like, you know, like he says something that just kind of, you know, puts a smile on my face and makes me chuckle, it reminds me he's still that guy. You know, he's still that guy who like swept me off my feet with his, with his incredible charming sense of humor that you know was kind of quirky kind of awkward but it was part of why i loved him lindsay said when we took time to sit and talk about things on our minds and we were open and honest i kept thinking that i loved we were able to be so open honest and forgiving i love that i especially love that you wrote forgiving because how, how often do we sometimes feel things or think things that we're nervous about, we're embarrassed about saying out loud, you know, we're, we're, we're hesitant to really bring those things to our partners because we don't want to be judged. We don't want to be criticized. You know, we think, oh, like they won't get it. And I love that, like you had that moment of feeling like, wow, we really can be open and honest and forgiving. That's huge. Molly says, my husband and I were sitting at the bar in our kitchen sharing what we've learned in the word after the kids went to bed. I thought, wow, he's so encouraging. I'm so thankful for his guidance and friendship. Oh, I love that. I love that you even use the word friendship because I think it's important to maintain that friendship. Um, Taylor says, I felt connected lately when we started doing a Sunday check-in. We talk about the schedule for the week, our budget, any issues in our marriage or communication, and I feel that he hears me. We are on the same page. I love him. I understand him. Oh, I love all of that. I especially love he hears me. Isn't that just something that a lot of us women, we just want to know. We just want to know in our core that we're heard, that like our, that we're seen, that we're heard, that we're known. I love that. Um and Yanira says, hanging out with him in our playroom, just watching a movie. He's so much fun to just be with. He brings me comfort and so much joy. I love that. Okay. All right, ladies. Well, now that you've shared your moments, now I, I want to ask you the next question on the worksheet was, if you were to point a, point a finger at who was responsible for those moments of connection, who would you be pointing at, you or him? And there, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just, I just want to kind of take a look into, you know, maybe what was going on in the moment. Was it more so you that, you know, made sure that time was carved out? Was it you who kind of brought that moment into fruition? Was it you who made sure that connection happened? Who do you think was most responsible for those moments of connection? Was it you or was it him? Or maybe it was equally both. But if you notice there was maybe one more so than the other, um, put that in the comments and we'll see what you guys say. Yanira says both. Edith says me. Okay. Taylor says me. Molly says him. Okay. I love that. All right. So let's move on. Briefly describe one to two moments, again, this is from our worksheet, in which you've recently felt disconnected from your husband. And if you're able to list some of the thoughts you might have had in those moments of disconnect, such as he's not listening, he doesn't care, I'm all alone, he doesn't understand, um, I want you to write down what were what was a recent moment of disconnect that you experienced and what were the thoughts that you had in that moment um lindsay also said me um so so it seems like um a, a majority of you pointed to yourself in terms of who was most responsible for those moments of connection so now we're talking about moments of disconnection what were some moments where you felt disconnected i'll go ahead and share mine um, recently, I've been, I say catching, but I've just been observing my husband on his phone a lot. 
And it got to the point where I needed to set some firm boundaries. And I told him straight up, either we can put the phone in a drawer when you're home and trying to be with the family, or we can go downgrade your phone and get you a dumb phone instead of a smartphone. Because the smartphone is very tempting and it's hard to have that boundary. I felt very disconnected every time I looked over and I saw him on his phone. It just was like happening day after day. So that was a moment of disconnect that I had and it, it, it and there was some tension there. Um, Edith says, wow, he doesn't care or doesn't see what I see. Okay. Taylor says, when I think he's checking out or trying to disengage. Okay. And, and Taylor, Taylor, what's the thought that you have when he, when he is checking out? Like, what is it that you think about him or think about yourself even? Um, Lindsay says, most days, most days are, are moments of disconnect. We don't have time for each other. What's the point? Okay. Yeah. We don't have time for each other. I think that that's especially because you guys have a, I want to say a three week old. So on top of all also having a toddler. So I, I know what you, what you mean when you say we don't have time for each other because in those days of having a new little one, there really is a struggle to find that new rhythm. I'm not saying that you're not going to find it. I'm just saying that sometimes it can be a struggle. So it's okay that you're in that, you're in that process of figuring that out. Taylor says his screen time drives me nuts. Okay. Yanira says when he was working lots of hours, he would get home tired and not want to hang out. I felt sad and I missed him. Mm -hmm. Joanna says he jumped to a conclusion when he walked into the room the other night. Okay. And, and, and tell me, Joanna, what was the thought that you had about him or about yourself in that moment? You know, was it, a you know, he, he doesn't understand. Was it, um, he, you know, he, he, he never, he never, you know, does it right. He never knows the right thing. He, he doesn't see me. What were the, what was the thought that you had when he jumped to a conclusion? Um, Lindsay says mine does a lot of screen time as well. Well, ladies, <laughs> well then you might need to, you might need to, um, I mean, not, not saying that this is a, you know, one size fits all solution, but you might need to think about <laughs> downgrading to a dumb phone as well, or at least implementing more boundaries as far as, Hey, let's both put our phones in the drawer for a time. Um, I think that that's just like a simple solution that can be incorporated right away. Um, Taylor says that her thought was he doesn't care or doesn't want to be with us. Um, Joanna says mine is on his phone a lot too. Okay. Um, he didn't take the time to care and to find out what was actually going on. Okay. Okay. And I, and I, I hear like all of these moments that you guys are saying, like I I've been in those moments. So I know what you mean. So now the next question is if you were to point a finger at who was most responsible for those moments of disconnect, would you be pointing at you or at him? Who is most responsible for those moments of disconnect? Molly says, I brought the kids inside yesterday and he wanted them to stay out with him. Um, I had cookies, I had cookies in the oven. They said, you always change things, you do your own way. And I thought, can I even live? I just wanted to have a treat when they came inside. And she thought things like, he doesn't see what I do for the family. That's huge. Um, Yanira says, we flirt with each other on the phone often. Try it. I like that. So whatever, <laughs> so whatever your husband's just kind of checked out his phone playing a game or whatever, just send him a flirty text of, hey, you know, it'd be really sexy if you turned off your phone. <laughs> I like that. Um, Lindsay said both. Okay. Who was responsible for the most, for the disconnect in that moment? Both. Okay, what else What else do you ladies say? And give me your honest answer. Joanna says both. I love that. Okay. All right, what else? When else who, who else? Who else thinks it was both? Or was it him? Or was it you? Who was most responsible for those moments of disconnect? Yanira says both at times. Okay. 
All right, I love that. Just from the sound of just those few answers of both, it sounds to me that you ladies already know deep down that like you can take ownership for things and that you are also responsible for things and that, you know, it, it's a two-way street. Um, Molly says me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Probably me. Um, Taylor says probably me for not stating my expectations and expecting him to read my mind. I love these answers. It shows humility. It shows honesty. I love that. Edith says both of us, but mostly him. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Sometimes it, it really is. It really is on them. Sometimes it really is on us. But no matter who, who it is on, an empowered wife still can take ownership for the level of connection, no matter what the situation might look like, no matter what moment occurs, whether it's a moment of connection or a moment of disconnection, an empowered wife is still able to take ownership. Again, speaking to what you know, we talked about earlier, it's easy to point fingers. It's easy to put blame, to play the blame game. Um, we can put blame on our spouses. We can even put blame on our circumstances. You know, I know that for me, like when I first became a parent, you know, one of my biggest excuses was, I just, I just, I'm just don't feel like being touched. I don't feel like talking to you. I don't feel like doing anything with you because just motherhood is just a lot on me right now. And that, and that was I guess fair for me to say because it's true. Motherhood was a tough adjustment. When I first became a mom, I, I had no idea how much of me would go into being this parent. And I felt like I had very little left for my husband. But the longer that I said that, the more I was perpetuating this disconnect. Because instead of taking ownership of okay, well, even though I might not feel like it, I can still implement some things to make sure we're keeping that connection alive. I, I wasn't taking ownership. I wasn't using the authority that I have. So like I said, it's easy to point fingers. It's easy to play the blame game. It's easy to blame our circumstances or our spouses for moments of disconnect. It's harder to take ownership. It's harder to take responsibility and even harder to use the authority and the ability that we have to then make changes and resolve things. But I will tell you ladies, deciding that you are done with the blame game. And I don't just mean like I'm done blaming for today. I mean done blaming forever. Deciding that you are done with the blame game is one of the most powerful first steps that you can take to become that empowered wife in a thriving, healthy marriage that I know you ladies want to be. All the blame does is perpetuate negative cycles. It perpetuates the, the tension. It perpetuates the arguments. And it keeps you from doing what is in your power to cultivate a better marriage. As a coach, when I work with clients, I don't tolerate blame. I will never sit and listen. I mean, that's not what I get paid for. I don't get paid to sit and listen to your problems, to sit and listen as you, as you talk about, oh, he did this, you know, we, blah, 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 like, you know, and then he did that and I was so mad and I wish he would do this and I wish he would change. He never understands what I need. I don't do that because I know that that doesn't serve you and that doesn't build your marriage. So instead of, you know, tolerating blame, I will always challenge clients. I've always challenged the ladies that I work with. I always challenge you in these, in these workshops and push you to look at yourself, to look inward, to really take ownership and use the authority that you have to make choices and to build habits that really do create lasting change. So this brings me to the next question that is on your worksheet. If being empowered 
also means having authority, and I put in parentheses the power or right to give orders and make decisions. If being empowered also means having authority, what might being an empowered wife, wife with authority look like in terms of really building connection in your marriage? I'm gonna give you guys a second to put your answers in the comments. And then after you do that, I'm going to share, I'm going to go through your answers and I'm going to share a few of mine that you might not have thought of. Please sit down, lovey. And then we'll, and we'll talk about more of that together. But again, I'll repeat the question for anyone who maybe doesn't have the worksheet in front of them. If being empowered in your marriage also means having authority in your marriage, what might being an empowered wife with authority look like when it comes to building connection with your husband? By the way, I'm so happy that you gals are here, like so, so happy because, I don't know, when I first started um, my Facebook group, when I first started Soul Care for the New Mom, period, you know, the blog, the podcast, all of it, I, I really didn't, I really didn't know what community would look like. And now I'm starting to just see how beautiful it is. I'm really seeing community come into fruition through this ministry, through this business. And it really is just the most amazing thing. I love that. Like we're coming onto lives. I'm seeing some of you guys are regulars and like that make that tickles me pink. Like I know that Edith's always going to show up. I know that Molly's always there lately. Lindsay, she's like, Hey, I've got a problem. I'm going to post about it in the group. And Lindsay, you've only been a part of the group for like one or two weeks and you already are like making friends and you're getting problems solved and you're having conversations with women. And that just makes me so happy. So, so happy. Um, I just saw that a few more people hopped in. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Christy. The question that I just asked, this was from the worksheet, is the question, if being empowered also means having authority. What might being an empowered wife with authority look like in your marriage when it comes to really building and cultivating connection? And that can be physical connection, emotional connection, spiritual connection, any type of connection that really that really brings you back together, even in tough times, even when you guys have little ones that are keeping you up all night long, even when you're new parents and you, you have no idea what, what the heck you're doing, even when you have zero sex drive, you, you're like not even, not even wanting to hold hands. What does it look like to use the authority that you have to build connection? Um, Yanira says that her husband, Brian, gives me the freedom to plan special dates and getaways. He gets so excited that he doesn't have to plan something all the time. I love that. I love that you get to plan special dates and getaways. And, and what I love is that you love that. Because I think it can be easy for us to be like, why won't you plan this with me? I want you to be part of it. I want you to book the hotel. I want you to pick the restaurant. But I love that you're like, I'm good at this. I want to do this. So I'm going to plan our special dates and getaways. And you've taken ownership of that. You're like, I can do this. And I don't have to gripe about it. I can actually be thankful for it. And we can both enjoy this time together. It doesn't have to be like, you know, this perfect thing. It's just a time where you're building connection. Who cares who did the planning? I'm, I'm just glad that it's happening. That's huge. Um, Joanna says, stating needs, desires, and setting boundaries when needed. Ooh, I like that you mentioned setting boundaries. I don't know if you if you gals have ever read the book Boundaries by Henry St. Cloud and John Townsend, but it is a phenomenal book. I recommend it to almost everybody because we 
all have situations in our lives. We all have those relationships where we need to be better at setting boundaries. I mean, even just with our kids, you know, even like from a toddler age, like it talks about, you know, what kids need in different stages of life. It talks about, this is how you set boundaries with a toddler. This is how you set boundaries with an adolescent. This is how you set boundaries with your adult children. This is how you set boundaries with your parents and your spouse and your friends and your boss and your coworkers. And reading that book a couple of years ago, my grandma actually gave it to me because I was dealing with a very stressful situation with a neighbor. Um, and this neighbor was, you know, we had built a friendship and she was elderly, you know, and her, her children were not really in the picture. I, I couldn't quite figure out why I later kind of figured out why. Um, but you know, we had built this friendship, but it got to the point where she was beginning to ask for money. It made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't know what to say. I, you know, I wanted, I wanted to love on her. I wanted to serve her. And my grandma recommended this book on boundaries, thinking that this was going to help me in that situation, which it did. But what it really did was it opened my eyes to, oh my gosh, I could be setting boundaries with everybody. I need to set boundaries with my husband because he's just, you know, doing things and, and, and I'm just yelling about it. I'm lashing out about it. I'm nagging him about it. But none of that is helping because it's not actually setting boundaries. So I think setting boundaries is huge. Sorry, I just went on that huge tangent, but I think that it matters. Um, Taylor said, making our relationship a priority, being able to express my own wants and needs while validating his, being able to support and love him fully and not carry any resentment, open communication, prioritizing date night, intimacy, and being equal partners. Yes, yes, and yes to all of that. Edith says, when we decide when we go out together or with friends and we talk about what we loved the most about it. I love that. Just like experiencing friendship, you know, experiencing double dates having fun with other people in our lives and then talking about it together. I love that. Um, Lindsay says it would look like a confident woman that doesn't shut down an open communicator that plans and sticks to our time together. That's huge. Ladies, if you don't think that you need a plan for spending time together, but you're struggling to spend time together, there's something going on there. You probably need a plan. It probably needs to be put on the calendar. And that's okay. It's okay to have to live by a calendar. That, that's just how you cope with busyness. That's how you cope with, with you know, a crazy life of having little ones or, you know, having all these different obligations and all these responsibilities. That, that's how you deal with that without letting your marriage suffer for it. Um, Lindsay also says, um, date night and going back to my fun self when we were dating. I love that. Molly says, it's silly, but my husband loves Kool-Aid. So I started having a glass of cold Kool-Aid ready for him when he gets home. He always smiles and says, you know me well, then gives me a kiss. Another thing that's working for us is saying, can we cuddle while we watch a movie with the kids or we'll go to the basement to watch a movie after the kids go to sleep. I love that. I love all of these. Ladies, do not write these answers down and then not go out and make a plan for implementing these things. Do not write these answers down and say, this sounds nice. This sounds like what an empowered wife would do and then not go do it because I am, I am hereby dubbing you. I, I am, I'm giving you the title of empowered wife. You can decide today that you're done with the blame game, that you're done with the insecurity, that you're ready to walk with more confidence. You're ready to set more boundaries. Go sit on the potty, Lefa. No. Yes. Are you pooping? Go sit on the potty, love bug. Thank you. Guys, <laughs> this is what being a work-from-home mama is like. <laughs> um, I, I am telling you that you can decide today that you're going to take ownership and you're going to take massive action. Okay, so here's some other answers. I loved all of your answers. I, I loved every single one of them. Here's some more answers. Um, rearranging your budget. 
to do more of what you love together. Um, that's an idea. I think that it can be easy to say, well, we don't have the money to do dates. We don't have the money to go out. We don't have the money to go on a weekend getaway. Well, let me ask you, are, are you possibly spending three, $400 on Christmas? And what if instead you were to decide, you know what, this year we're not doing Christmas. This year we're doing a romantic getaway because my soul and my, my soul needs it and our marriage depends on it. That is a decision for an empowered wife. That's an empowered wife's decision. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, what you have to do. I'm not saying that, you know, that you must go out and do that. I'm saying that it's an option. There's always an option. Um, um, being an empowered wife and being empowered for connection might look like setting boundaries on screen time, not just for them. Cause I know we talked about that earlier, but setting boundaries on yourself, you know, deciding like from this time on, like, you know, after the kids go down for bed, like we're done with the phones. I'm done with checking emails. I'm done with looking on the computer. I'm not going to be scrolling through Instagram. And this is hard for me because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I post almost religiously on Instagram and Facebook every night at 9 p.m. Because that is when I get the most engagement. That's when people are most online, or at least that's that's what I found to be true for my audience. So I always post at 9, at 9 o'clock. But here's the problem. My husband, you know, he, he works at night. He does, he does work the night shifts, but he goes into work around 930. So at nine, you know, right as we're winding down our time together, there was, you know, there were a couple months where like every, every night at nine o'clock, my alarm would go off my phone. I'd be like, oh, it's time for me to post. And I also was like, oh, I have to engage with all these other posts because the more you engage, the more Instagram boosts you because of the algorithm. So I would spend 20 solid minutes, like half-heartedly watching our movie, half-heartedly, you know, scrolling through Instagram, putting my post out. Finally, like, you know, just a couple weeks ago, you know, after he had said to me, I'm so tired of seeing you on your phone. Like, why are you not here with me? Finally, I had to set a boundary with myself and say, you know what? I have either two options here. I can either pay for a scheduling system that will put my post out there for me right on time, right at nine o'clock. Or I can just bite the bullet and just wait until 9.30, 9.45 to put my post out. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, then they don't. But at the end of the day, that's not what's going to make or break my business. But it could be what starts to make or break my marriage. And I'm going to, I would much rather put my marriage first than put my business first, especially over something as little as getting engagement on a post on Instagram. So I don't know if that resonates with anybody. Um, Joanna says, I'm so thankful that my husband values getting away with me and having romantic dates. This is one area where we are really good at. We also always do something big for our anniversary. I love that. Um, how long have you guys been married? Uh, everyone put in the post how long you guys been married. I'm like really curious to know. Or if you if you are not married, that's totally okay. But just how long have you been together? Um, Okay, another another thing that you know you might want to do in order to really cultivate connection, in order to really use the authority that you have, is to um, put things down on the calendar to make sure it happens. And when I say things, I don't just mean spending time together or going on dates together. I also mean putting sex down on the calendar if you have to. If that's just not something that's happening naturally, if it's not something that you know is always made a priority, sometimes a week or two maybe go goes by and you don't really give it a second thought it's okay we will talk about that more in tomorrow's video that's what tomorrow's video is all about but as far as really you know using the authority you have to cultivate connection I would say do what you can now to make sure that that happens and that might mean putting it down on your calendar um, it might mean setting a reminder on your phone it might mean making changes in your lifestyle that will help boost that desire 
Um, I also want to challenge you to look at, you know, what are, what are some habits that you could start to create to cultivate that connection together? So maybe, you know, you're used to your husband getting home from work and you just saying, Hey babe, glad you're home. And then there's like this, you know, period of time where, you know, he's getting de he's decompressing, you know, you're kind of like scrambling to get dinner ready or whatever. Maybe you can build a new habit where maybe when he comes home from work, you guys both sit on the couch together. And I don't mean like he sits on one end, you sit on the other. I mean like sitting close together. For me, that's a little bit hard because physical touch is not my love language. It's, it's actually Grant's love language. And so I've had to, I've had to decide in advance, I'm going to sit right next to him, even though uh, I want my space. Uh, don't be near me. You smell like hot dogs or whatever because he works <laughs> he worked never mind I'm not even gonna go into all that but I have my own kind of things of I don't I don't really want to sit right so close to you but I've chosen to build a habit of doing it anyway and I've seen how it helps build connection it helps bring us together when it could be so easily to just miss each other you know to just just it's whatever it's whatever um Craig Groeschel he has this quote. He says, successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. And I think that this can be so fitting for this conversation of building connection in our marriage. Successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. We don't want to just occasionally connect with our spouses. We want to be consistent with it. So I want you to ask yourself, you know, you know, as you're thinking about, you know, how might I need to take more ownership? How might I need to use more of my authority? I want you to ask yourself, what are we doing occasionally that should probably be more consistent? And what does that look like? Um, another, um, you know, another thing that you could be doing to cultivate more connection is learning how to diffuse stressful situations instead of adding fire to them. And that isn't so much about, you know, building connections, more so about protecting your connection, knowing how to diffuse stressful situations, diffuse tense moments, diffuse impending arguments, instead of adding fire onto them. And if this is something that you struggle with, it's okay. You are not the only one. I think that many people struggle with this. I have been there. I mean, that is you know, going back to the very beginning of the video when I talked about what an empowered wife is not. That was me. I was the person who would add fire. I would like pour the whole thing of gasoline. I would, you know, not just, you know, throw a fit and I'd be like, and it's your fault. And you da 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 da. And you're just like your dad. I would say whatever it was that would, you know, create some more tension because that was just my MO. That would, that was the way that I was patterned. But once I learned how to take more ownership of my thought life, which brings me into this last part of today's video, once I learned how to take more ownership of my thought life, that was when I learned that I can diffuse stressful situations, that I can introduce more peace into my home. I don't have to add fire onto our fights. I don't have to perpetuate these negative cycles in my marriage. I do have a say in what happens in those times. I don't have to add fire onto it. So the last thing we're, oh, first let me read all your comments. Um, so I asked, how long has everyone been together? Joanna says three years. Um, Edith says been married almost four years, together five. Taylor says one and a half years. Yanira says 18 years. Oh, girl, I love that. Lindsay says six years married, but 10 years together. I love that so, so much. My husband and I have been together for, I want to say six years. We've been married for four going on five. Um, Okay, the last thing we're going to be talking about, and this is something I mentioned at the very beginning, you might not remember, but I talked about how 
I'm actually going to go back in my notes so I can be sure I, I repeat it correctly. When, it come, when we're talking about being empowered for connection, what I want you to do is not just look at your role when it comes to the level of connection in your marriage, but I want you to look at your beliefs and your thoughts and how those things most influence it. That was why in the worksheet I asked you guys, what are the thoughts that you have? in those moments you know what are the thoughts that you're having about your husband when you're feeling disconnected when you're when you're upset when you're not you know when you're not connecting right that that's why i ask what are your thoughts because your thought life matters your beliefs matter so the last questions on the worksheet were what thoughts fears or lies about your husband slash marriage would you need to deal with first if you're going to use your authority intentionally and properly and i also asked what thoughts fears or lies about yourself would you need to deal with um, i'm going to give you guys a second to put your comments in the answers and then we're going to talk about that but while i'm waiting for you guys to share your share your answers i'm, I'm going to share a little bit about this practice that I love to encourage all of my clients to do. In fact, I, I don't just encourage it. I, I basically assign it. It is something, you know, it, I don't typically give, you know, one size fits all assignments to every single one of my clients because everyone has different needs. We're working through different things. We have different goals, but every single one of my clients across the board, I make sure that I help them craft declarations. I help them create these, these statements of belief, these statements of confidence, because when they speak these over themselves, it doesn't just change their thoughts. It doesn't just change their emotions. It actually changes their behavior. Because if you are, let's, let's use the example of, you know, us in our marriage, us as wives. If you are a wife who is, you know, constantly lashing out, who is constantly fighting for control, who is constantly adding fire onto stressful situations instead of diffusing them, if you are caught in those patterns, but you start speaking over yourself, I, you know, I, I, I don't have to be that way. Or, you know, I, I am this instead. When you start to speak different things over yourself, you start to act in different ways. Instead of lashing out, you start to realize, oh, I don't need to lash out because I already know that, da, 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 da. you know, it, I don't know exactly, you know, what would be the, what's causing you to lash out, but odds are that there's something that needs to be spoken to. There's a truth that you haven't yet spoken over yourself. And there's a lie that you've been believing instead and allowing to dictate your behavior, which is why, again, in the worksheet, I keep asking you, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, what are the thoughts that you're having? What are the beliefs? So let me see in the comments. Um, Lindsay says, the lie about my husband that I would need to deal with is that he doesn't care. And the lie about myself is I'm not worth it. And she, as she said in parentheses, low self-confidence here. Girl, I promise you are not alone. You are not alone. And, and I've definitely had seasons of low self-confidence, you know, especially when I, you know, was at my worst where my anger was at an all-time high. My anxiety was at an all-time high. I thought, no one, no one should even be, I shouldn't even be in a relationship. Like, like no one should even want to love me because this is just, I am too much. This is too much. And y'all, I'm an Enneagram four. So I feel a lot. And those feelings, I like wear them on my sleeve. I'm like, they're oozing out of me all the time, especially in my relationships. And I've definitely thought that as well. Like, I'm not worth it. Like, I'm just too messy. I'm just too much. And I wonder how many of you ladies also feel the same. Um, all right, what else? What other thoughts or lies about your husband or about your marriage or about yourself 
do you need to deal with if you are going to be that empowered wife, if you are going to use your authority and build connection, if you're going to intentionally pursue connection with your husband, what lie or thought do you most need to deal with? Going back to what I was saying about speaking declarations, I'm going to share with you a couple of mine. What I believe about declarations is that they should be bold, they should be specific, and they should be very personal. So just because these are my declarations doesn't mean that they should be yours. Now, you might decide, wow, this, this actually speaks very much so to what I most need to believe these days. And if so, then great, then use it. But if there's something else that you're noticing in your marriage that you know you need to speak some more truth over that, I say come up with your own declaration, something that's bold, something that's specific, and something that's personal. So here are a few of mine. I am fighting with love for a better marriage and believe our best days are still to come. I started speaking this one over ourselves when we were really struggling in our marriage. Um, we, we've been going to marriage counseling, I wanna say for about nine months. And we, we're not still going because our marriage is like in a tough place. We're still going because we're actually in a really good place and we wanna make sure we stay there. And one of the things that you know I struggled with when we first started going is this isn't going to help. You know, like we're just, we're a lost cause. Like the issues that we have, they're just there forever. Like, you know, if we haven't overcome them by now, it's just the way it is. Like, there's just no changing us at this point. Those were the kinds of thoughts that I was telling myself. I didn't even realize I was thinking them, but it was just so, it was just subconscious. And it came out in the way that I acted. It came out in the way I prioritized my husband. So I began to speak over myself and said, no, 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 no. Our best days are still to come. Our best days are still to come. And reviving that hope really meant a lot to me. It changed a lot in me. Another one that I speak over myself, and this one may be very fitting for some of you, especially considering why you maybe wanted to come to this workshop. And my other declaration is, I am a beautiful, sensual being made one with my husband. That might sound weird, but I speak that over myself a lot because there are still weeks where I don't always feel like I'm sexy. You know, I don't always feel like Meh, like I'm like in sex matters. I don't feel sensual. I don't feel beautiful. Um, you know, I feel more beautiful now than I did a couple of years ago when I first became a mom. Like, you know, I mean, and I know that some of you ladies are there right now dealing with some some body image, some struggles, you know, with with your with your um your self-worth and you know looking in the mirror and not really recognizing yourself. So I began to speak over myself. I am a beautiful sensual being made one with my husband. And what I noticed is that there were some mornings when I would say this over myself and I'd be like Mm, I kind of want my husband right now. <laughs> and that might be weird for me to admit, but y'all, I'm saying it because it shows that there's power in the things we say. Um, all right, let me read some of your comments. Edith says, one thing that nags me the most is my husband isn't emotional or he doesn't show as much affection as I do to him. And I believe the lie that he doesn't love me as much as I do him. Okay, Edith, for you, I would say a declaration for you might look like something about even if your husband is not emotional or doesn't show as much affection, I think that you can create a declaration that calls out the things about him that are true, the things about him that you can most recognize and appreciate in your marriage. Because I know before, you know, you were talking about how there was a time, you know, where you felt connected. And I want you to think back to what you felt in that moment, to the thoughts you had in those moments of connection. And I want you to see how you can maybe create a bold, specific declaration that, that, helps you see your husband in a better light that, that helps you remember why it is that you fell in love with him i think that if you can do that you can start to see that you know what 
him being not as emotional as me, that doesn't really matter because instead of being that, he's these things instead. And those things are so amazing. So I just want to speak that encouragement into you. Joanna says, the lie about myself would be the fact that I'm the reason we've had problems in our love life because of my past. So for you, Joanna, I would say you might need a declaration about specifically that lie of you know, that feeling of I'm the reason, I'm the one to blame. I want you to think about what does it look like to speak more truth and love and, and grace and compassion over myself when it comes to this. Yanira says, I would say my personal lie is that I don't need sex. I know we need more, so I need to get past that mindset. Yeah, I would say you absolutely yeah. can, can speak against that and you can come up with a bold personal declaration specifically for helping you not only just see your need for sex, but also remember why you enjoy sex. I think sometimes we can let ourselves forget those things, especially when we're busy or when we, we just don't feel like it or our body has changed. Or, you know, I know you said that you guys have been married for, I want, I think you said 18 years and that's a long time. So I want you to think back, like, what was it like when we, you know, when we first started being intimate and what was it about that? But like, excited me and how might I want to do that? Um, another declaration I speak over myself is I have the power to calmly set boundaries and cultivate peace in my home. This is when I speak over myself because again, boundaries, it really matters. And I want to speak truth over myself when it comes to that. I don't have to set boundaries from a place of anger. I can set boundaries from a place of peace and from a place of calm. Um, another one that I speak over myself I am my husband's kind and faithful helper, and I am stewarding my influence over him well. I've been speaking this over myself every day for the past month. This has been one of my new ones for 2020, and I speak this over myself because I think it's so easy. You know, for me, now that I know I have influence, now that I know I have authority, I got to make sure I don't fall to the other extreme where I'm like over the top in terms of my authority. Like you, you need to be doing this. No, we need to be doing that like I don't want to get into that I don't want to escape from nagging out of fear and then turn into nagging out of overconfidence so I kind of need to you know find that middle ground and for me it comes by me reminding myself that I can steward my influence over Grant my husband I can steward my influence over him well I don't have to do it from a place of you know control I don't have to do it from a place of insecurity I can just do it from a place of wisdom and love and grace so here's your homework First, first, there's two pieces to this homework. First, I want you to sit down and really map out what you want to be prioritizing and doing this next month when it comes to cultivating more connection in your marriage. I want you to, I want you to think back through all the things that we talked about as far as practical steps you can take to really build that connection with your husband. I want you to sit down and map out what that looks like for you, not just for this next month, but also for this whole next year. You know, do you maybe need to, you know, rearrange your budget? Do you need to save up for something? Do you need to plan more dates? Do you need to invite more friends over to have more fun together? Do you need to put sex down on the calendar? Do you need to, you know, put boundaries on your screen time on your phones? So that's your first piece of homework. The second piece is come up with your marriage declarations. Come up with those bold personal statements that you will speak over yourself and about about not just yourself but about your husband and about your marriage. And I want to I want to I want to encourage you to try this out as an experiment. Do this for you know one week, two weeks, and see what happens. The more you say this over yourself, don't just do it once in the morning. Do it throughout the day if you're able to. Set reminders on your phone. Do it when you first see him. Do it when you you know when you see him right at night. You know do it anytime that you feel like I'm losing sight of who my husband is. I'm losing sight of why our marriage matters. 
And like I said, tomorrow we will be diving into being empowered for pleasure. We will be talking specifically about physical connection and specifically, you know, even more specifically, we'll be talking about sex. We'll be talking about, you know, what does it mean to really, you know, have a thriving sex life? How do we really gain that desire back if you feel like you've lost it? What do you do when you have a low sex drive, when you have a low libido? We'll be talking about all of that. Um, but I do hope that today's video, I know it's been going on for a while. It's been an hour now, I think. I did not expect it to be this long. But I do think that that this can be the start of a really powerful journey for you gals when it comes to being more empowered in your marriage and really cultivating more, cultivating more of the things that you most want to see. So I'm cheering you ladies on. If you have other thoughts or other questions, please feel free to put them in the comments and I will see you guys tomorrow.